Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Lisa Andrews, a registered dietitian from Ohio who has worked in the clinical setting, started her own business, and has an awesome food pun t-shirt line. Lisa and I connected through social media, of course, from either the love of food puns or the love of our torty cats. So I knew that we had a connection from the start. She has always had a passion for health as she was an athlete growing up, and she also had a father who had diabetes. She worked an extensive career with a VA hospital as a clinical dietitian. She was an adjunct instructor and currently is an entrepreneur in her own practice doing consulting and counseling. She is also selling an awesome line of food pun merchandise, which you definitely need to go check out on her website. Please enjoy my conversation with Lisa. I know we've connected a lot on just social media with our crazy cat lady antics and just... (laughs) I was just looking at your um all your merchandise too and I I love your new um cherry shirts. I think I'm going to have to order oh, that. Thanks. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a cherry person, but oh, I nice. I just kind of wanted yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh connect with you and get to know you a little better and kind of take me back. When did you get started or interested in this wonderful world of dietetics? So I, um, I'm, I'm an old bird. I've been around for a while. Um, you are not. (laughs) Well, I've been, you know, it's weird. I've been a dietitian almost 30 years now, which is kind of weird to think about because that's, you know, over half my life. Um, is that half my life? Yeah. More than half. Yeah. Like more than half my life. It has to be more than half your life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How old am I now? Anyway. And so I guess I'll get interested you know, I was always that kid that would come home from school after learning about lung disease or heart disease or whatever and like beg my parents to quit smoking. And so I was always really interested in in health and I was always really active and I'm Italian by nature. So I came from a food family and um, my dad had diabetes. And so that was always kind of interesting to me why he couldn't eat the same things all the time or why I had to kind of watch how much cake he ate or all those sorts of things. So, um, I don't know. Nutrition just seemed to be a good fit for me. I was really interested in science and, um, I hated chemistry in high school, but then I kind of, I really understood it in college and really loved it. And so, um, that's how I ended up in the field. That's awesome. So, so you were young kind of, you like had an interest earlier in your life and then when you were kind of getting to that point where you were making decisions was it easy to kind of be like hey I'm gonna go be a dietitian or was did you look at some other health careers so the only other health career that I kind of considered was um physical therapy so I was kind of a I was kind of a high school jock I mean I I ran track and I played basketball when I was younger and I was always pretty active climbing trees and just being outside um so that piece of it kind of being in sports kind of interests me. Um, and I don't remember why I didn't go into physical therapy, but I think my, I think my guidance counselor kind of told me, it was like, you know, 
you're smart, but you're more of a hard worker than smart. And I was like, all right, that's a nice way to say I probably won't make it in that field, you know? So, um, yeah, I know it's kind of a sexist thing to say, but at the same time, it was like, he's probably right. I don't know if I could have hacked some of the science, who knows, you know, who knows back then, I I think it was just less common for, for, you know, women to go into different fields that were probably more male dominated, you know, like medicine or, physical therapy or whatever. Yeah. I can see that. And it's funny. I, the only physical therapists I know as an adult are all women. (laughs) I know. It's not weird. That's true. I mean, most of the people that I know that are in physical therapy are women too. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of strange. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, That is interesting. Hmm. Well, he was wrong. So he was wrong. I could (laughs) have hacked it. Whatever. You totally could have hacked it for sure. Maybe. So Maybe. where did you end up going to school then for nutrition? So I um, went to my, I, I am from Youngstown, Ohio originally, and my parents didn't have a lot of money. We had five kids and it was like, okay, you're going to Youngstown or you're taking out a lot of loans. And I'm like, okay. So I, you know, my first couple quarters of school, because we were on quarters at the time, were really hard because I was really close with my little gaggle of buddies from high school and they all went to, you know, big name party schools. They went to Ohio U and Ohio state and Kent mm-hmm. state and they were all still in Ohio, but, um, that was really hard for me. And so I started looking into going away like the Bowling green or wherever. And then I ended up getting a scholarship at Youngstown and stayed. So I figured, you know, I'll do my undergrad here. And when it's time for my internship, then that's, that's when I'm going to leave the leave the nest. So that's where I did my undergrad. And then I ended up in Cincinnati for my dietetic internship. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm a penguin. That's our mascot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, I, yeah, that's hard when you're trying to like, when you, all your friends are doing all this kind of stuff, you're like, well, I guess money. And ultimately you made probably the best decision when it came to like, financial. Right. Well, and the other thing that was interesting is as I got, you know, a little bit more involved with local dietetics and state dietetics, you know, I realized that my, my university actually came out and represented, I mean, they were, you know, doing some pretty cool research and, you know, people in Ohio knew where Youngstown was because I always kind of had this assumption that, you know, nobody knows where I'm from. This is a really tiny school. Nobody's ever heard of it. And then you know, I would go to the state meeting and some of the people would be presenting or they remembered some of the professors I had when I was younger. So it was really kind of a neat experience to look back and be like, boy, that was really stupid. I really kind of dissed my hometown and, you know, it got me where I am. And so that's all that really mattered, you know. So I try to think about that with my kids as my my older one's getting close to graduating high school and she really doesn't want to live here. And I say, well, we'll you know, we'll see what happens. And if you go away, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. So we'll right. see. It's hard to see, like you said, it's hard to kind of see like foreshadowing of like what's going to happen post college. Right. <laughs> you only kind of see like what's right in front of you, but like you can honestly say everything really worked out great after the fact. Yeah, I was, I was lucky. That's good. So you, yeah. so now they had a nutrition, obviously they had a nutrition concentration there. They did. Yeah. We had a um, degree in applied science and dietetics. 
and we were, you know, accredited by, at the time it was the ADA, but, um, you know, accredited in the whole nine yards. So it was copacetic. It was fine. You know, it was, it worked. Did you do your, it worked. Did you do your, it it worked. Did you do your, was there an internship available there as well? They did. They had what was called um, a cup program. So it was like coordinated undergraduate program. And um, at the time, I think that was just sort of coming out as an internship option to do like two years of school. And then you basically finished school and your internship. You did your internship while you were still in school. So you were done in four years. So um, you know, that was kind of a bonus to do it that way, but I didn't want to do it that way because again, I was like, uh, I'm, I was ready to leave. <laughs> and so, because I didn't have the opportunity to leave then I thought when I do my internship, that's when I'll go. So then where, so you didn't stay there. Did you, did you right. go pick the farthest place you possibly could find well, it was away funny. from Ohio? I, no, and you know, I wasn't that adventurous. I was you know okay <laughs> um so there was a a friend of mine it was like my sister's friend did her internship in Cincinnati and my thought was well you know what if they if they picked Trisha then maybe they would maybe they would pick me because I'm from Youngstown and you know so oh um, yeah <laughs> so, I, so it just, just kind of made sense so I um applied to I think like Pittsburgh which was within an hour I mean I'm, I was kind of a homebody mm-hmm. I applied to one in Cleveland and then my top three choices were in Cincinnati and I got my first choice so that was cool and we're that's awesome and where what what was the name of that um dietetic internship program uh Good Samaritan Hospital Good Samaritan was that clinical focus then um it was kind of um I what do I want to say not catch-all but it, it it was a what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I mean it was clinical focus, but we also yeah met all the requirements. Yeah, um, it was it was a smorgasbord of of nutrition. You know, we had a little community, we had a little bit in pediatrics, we had um, probably more of a clinical focus, but we also had food service and community wrapped in that too. Very good. So you made it through the internship. You passed your test. Did you yep. have the, did you take your test on a computer or was it paper? Oh gosh, what was it? I'm trying to think. I, th- I want to say it was computerized, but we didn't get our results. We got our results in paper. Right like we didn't find out for like six weeks. Gosh, was it paper? It was honestly, it was so long ago. I don't remember. <laughs> Good Lord, check right. my B12 it's level. Just- <laughs> It's okay. I mean, it's not like you think about these things every day. I was well, just but that's telling so funny my that I don't remember. <laughs> I was just telling my um 21-year-old assistant, she was talking about internships. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when I got my acceptance letter, I had to wait for the FedEx guy to come and I had to stay yeah. home and wait for to get the letter because it wasn't there wasn't any matching online. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It is. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've come so far. We have, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Big time. So what was the first uh professional job that you had out of your internship? So my first job was at the VA Medical Center and I actually stayed there 
way too long, but I, I was there. I started part-time. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was there for 23 and a half years. So when I left, it was like a retirement. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I was there for a really long time. And, and so the, the weird progression of my career was that I started there like in 1990. I started there part-time and then, you know, it's a female dominated field. Everybody started getting pregnant. And so I eventually became full-time within like six months of being there. And then, um, I would think I worked full-time for about six or so, six or seven years. And then I went back to graduate school after. I was engaged and then I, my engagement broke off and I was like, well, okay, now what do I do with my life? And so I thought, okay, perfect time. I'll go back to, I'll go to graduate school. Go back to school. Um, yeah. Go back to school because, you know, no ties, whatever, no boyfriend, you know, I'm dumped. I'm good. Okay, mm -hmm. let's go. So, um, <laughs> so I did my, um, my master's degree and when I was done, I was really itching to do something different. So, um, I ended up going part-time again at the VA, and then I took a um, part-time job as a community dietitian at like a nonprofit agency. So I worked clinical three days a week, and then I did this nonprofit two days a week. Wow. That was yeah. a good mix. A good mix of things, though. Yeah, it was. I mean, I remember taking a pay cut and thinking okay, you know, it's a pay cut, but the diversity of work was really what I was looking for. And so I was willing to, you know, take the pay cut and be okay with it, which was fine. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, after graduate school, I was asked to be an adjunct. So I was an adjunct instructor on and off for the University of Cincinnati for almost 20 years. So, um, so I really enjoy teaching. And so I really, after my master's, the world just kind of, kind of opened up and I really just started picking up you know, part-time jobs here and there just to, just to make my skill set more diverse. That's interesting about the adjunct. And I think I would love for you to talk about that a little bit more, kind of maybe what is an adjunct? How do, you know, what kind of classes do you teach? How does that happen? Yeah. Well, so to be, um, I mean, to, to teach at the university level, you have to have at least a master's degree. I mean, they usually prefer that you have a PhD, but most of your adjunct instructors, I would think, have a master's degree because if they're PhD prepared, then they're usually going to be a full-on professor. But um, it's really kind of just picking up a class, you know, when like they would just periodically say, hey, you know, well, which classes are you comfortable teaching? Or we need somebody to teach sports nutrition, or I need somebody to teach lifestyle nutrition or whatever it was. Um and so I just kind of started teaching. And the, the kooky thing is that some of the people that were my students, what, 20 years ago are colleagues of mine now. And actually people that I've taught just five years ago are colleagues of mine. So I, I love, huh. <laughs> you know, being able to see people that I taught way back when, you know, they're in the profession and they're thriving. And it's just so cool to think that, you know, I was, I was part of their weird little piece of education. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I bet you are Sorry. a great teacher. I bet you're super fun to have as a, a teacher. Yeah. It's kind of like a little nutrition, a little stand up comedy. I kind of look at it, you know, <laughs> so it's a little scary. Um, but you know, it, the, the downside of adjuncting is, you know, the pay isn't, the pay isn't great. 
Um, you know, you don't really get paid for all the time you put into developing the class, but if you end up teaching the class, you know, a couple times over, then it, it makes it worth it, you know, and then just having the interaction with the students is really fun to be a mentor. That is fun. Did you, so I did adjunct for a while, but basically what I got was here's the textbook, you figure it out. Is that kind of how your, yeah. Was that for you too? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I would say. So that first class is kind of like, whoa, this is interesting. Oh yeah. Well, I I would say the only exception that I had with that was a, a colleague of mine who was like, my mentor when I was in graduate school and I'm still in touch with her now. Um, she taught like a nutrition for nurses course and there was like 160 students or something outrageous. And she was really desperate to have somebody teach it. And she was like, I'll give you all my materials. So that was, that was awesome. But like just the management of that many people, I mean, I had a teacher's assistant, but like, Knowing, I, I didn't know half those people. <laughs> you know, it was almost, no. it was impossible. So I really kind of prefer the smaller classes, like 50 or less is doable. I at least would remember people's names, but 160, good Lord, there's like four people with the exact same last name, you know? Um, <laughs> so that was, that was a challenge. That was definitely a challenge, but that's, it was fun. That's a lot. Now, are you still doing that currently then? No, um, I think the last class that I taught was probably like two years ago. Um, and part of it was just the timing of the class was when my kids were coming home from school. So the class was oh, at like sure. two in the afternoon and it would end at three thirty. And so I would have to, you know, my older one would get home and I'd have her text me. And if she wouldn't text me, I would panic, you know, so mm-hmm. it just got to be too much to, to kind of juggle with you know, my small business and then my kids getting older. Sure. So yeah. did you do, did you work part-time? Did you continue working part-time at the VA then as well as doing a junk? Did you kind of balance that and do the community or how did that kind of all shift? So I think at one point I was, I was doing all three, which was crazy. Um <laughs> Because I, and I, and you know, what's weird is this is, this is just like the story of my life. I always, I mean, I think I've been like this since I was 12, you know, like, oh, I'm going to volunteer for this. Hey, I'm going to volunteer for this. And, you know, I think when I was expecting my first daughter, it was like 2002 or three, I was part-time at the VA, you know, three days a week. I was community, this community agency, two days. And then I was teaching like two nights a week or something crazy. Like, what was I doing? Wow. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so at some point, you know, something just had to break. So I when, once we started a family, um, I went down to part time at the VA. And I think I took a little break of in adjuncting. But then I would pick up a class here and there when it was, you know, when it went once my kids kind of got to the age that they were in like daycare and whatnot, then I started picking up a class again. So I love to teach. That's really cool. That's neat. Yeah, that. And that's probably like, it probably worked a little bit better, even not that they're when your kids were older, but as they were smaller, maybe it worked a little bit better with your schedule. Yeah, definitely. Cause they're, they had like more regular care. It's interesting because my, my two sisters have more kids than me, but they were stay at home moms until their kids were probably like, 10 or 11 and then they started going back to work and I did the, the exact opposite. I 
<laughs> you know, I worked when they were really little and snotty and you know what I mean? Like when they were more likely to get sick and whatnot, I was, you know, I was really working. And then, you know, it just kind of hit me when they were starting to get a little bit older that I just really needed to be around more. So that's when I mm-hmm. kind of started consulting more when they were, when they started getting older. Um, I finally left the VA about five years ago and I was about six years into my business. So I was doing my business on the side. I've been in it about 11 years now and I finally left the hospital about five years ago. So tell me about, well, first of all, tell me kind of your feelings on working. The VA is kind of a very unique role for a dietitian. And I think a lot of people kind of like you do stay in that position for a very long time. Yeah. So what was your what was your role with the VA? So I started in cardiac care. I started like as a, you know, med surge floor dietitian. And then probably within a year, I moved into the ICU. And so I was like the intensive oh, wow. care queen literally for <laughs> 20 years. Um so I mean the weird thing to think about now is just how how used to seeing really, really super sick people I became. You know, I, I remember when I was in my internship, there was a, like, was like a really young patient that was in like some crazy plane crash. And it was the first person I'd ever seen on a ventilator. And I mean, I had to leave the room. I cried. I mean, I'm just the, I'm like the biggest sap. I cry over everything. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> um, so, you know, like seeing somebody that young and that critically, I'll just, just, I, I couldn't handle it. And so to, to work in that environment for so long and just, you know, kind of build up the, the guts to be able to talk to the doctors about nutrition support and harass the nurses about feeding people. I mean, I, it just became so rote. I mean, I got really comfortable with it. Um, and it's weird that that was what I was in because I, I loved education, but it really turned more into like physician education, you know, like education of the doctors, Mm -hmm. education of the medical students, and then also mentoring interns. Um, So the VA, I mean, I think people, part of the reason they stay is the benefits are amazing. I mean, you get, you know, a president dies and you get the day off, you know, I remember, and that's (laughs) terrible to say, but I I remember like when, oh my gosh, like I'm so old. I remember when Nixon died. I mean, I mean, other people probably do too, but when Nixon died, I literally said, ding dong, Nixon's dead. Lisa gets to stay in bed. So, um, you know, you have like all kinds of, all kinds of holidays. So that was cool. Um, the pay was much better than, you know, private hospitals. Um, you know, but then the, you know, the downside is, it's older adults. It's only, it's primarily men. You know, you do see some women in, in that hospital setting. But, um, for me, like I, I, I was really passionate about what I did. And then I just sort of reached this burnout level that I just couldn't do it anymore. So it was weird because a lot of the people I'd started working with moved around. So they, you know, they would do acute care for a while and then they would switch to the clinic for a while or then they would go to home-based primary care. So there was ways to move around, but I just never did. And I don't know why I never did. Um, hmm. So who knows? You know, I think I just, because I was doing so much other stuff on the side that that gave me enough diversity that I didn't care. But then, um, I don't know. I just, at some point, I just reached this burnout. I think it was like, I mean, I can almost 
remember it was like a 90 year old patient on TPN for four months. And I was like, what are we doing to this person? <laughs> you know, like, why are, are we doing serious? this? Yeah. And it was yeah, just the ethical stuff. Bad. Yeah. It just really was hit me. So yeah, it was just time to go. Well, and I, I think ICU is, that's a, that's a tough area to be in regardless and clinical is tough. So I think you do kind of hit a burnout at some point when that's what you do day in and day out. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But it was a fun TPN job. TPN I mean, four months. <laughs> yes. TPN four months. So, you know, and then I, I would always be like the thorn that would want to do an ethics consult. But then I knew if I did that, then that everybody would be pissed off at me. Like all the surgeons that worked on this person for months and months mm. and months and everybody just tiptoed around well, we know this person's dying, but we just don't want to tell the family. And and I just couldn't, uh, you know, and I know it wasn't up to me, but it, it just, it was just too hard to stomach anymore. I was like, this is pointless. Like, why am I, why am I writing these notes on this person? Why am I, you know, why have yes. we not let this person die with dignity? And that was really hard for me. So I just kind of, I had, I just kind of had it, you know. And I think, well, I think that's a great point to make that I think in any type of clinical setting, I think that's a struggle with physicians and just all the different entities. And then you feel a certain way. And when you can't ever express it or no one listens to you, it's kind of like, okay, well, I think I'm, I need to part ways. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's awesome that you kind of we're finding things on the side though, to keep you kind of staying to want to be, be a dietitian. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of lucky to be able to find different things where I was still making up a little bit of income here and there. It was, it was, you know, I had the VA as kind of an anchor. Um, and then I was able to just kind of find some other stuff just to keep, you know, keep up some different skills. And and I did do some other stuff at the VA. I mean, I worked, um, I just, I used to teach weight loss classes and I enjoyed that because again, it was like teaching and it wasn't so acute. And, and I got to know the patients while they're alive versus on being on a big <laughs> blue machine, you know what I mean? So that was kind of nice, mm-hmm. um, you know, to have sort of a, a steady group of people to work with. Very. And so while you're at the VA, you kind of started doing your side hustle. So talk to me how that kind of started and what, what did you want to start doing? as your own business. Yeah. So that kind of started on a whim. I ran into um, like a a colleague that I had known from the nutrition council, which was the community agency. And we just started talking about possibly starting a a private practice. We knew there weren't a lot of dietitians in private practice in the area. And we just sort of started talking about, well, what, what would that look like? You know, what would our patient population be? All those sorts of things. So she was working in, um, she was kind of doing similar work where our, she was working part-time in a children's hospital and I was part-time in an adult hospital. So she was going to see kids or families and then I was going to see adults and then also offer sort of some corporate wellness types of lectures and um, cooking demos and that sort of thing. Kind of like the work that we both used to do at the agency that we knew of. Um, so not as competition because the agency ended up doing more children's related ish stuff on like obesity treatment and whatnot. So it was kind of, kind of different for us to be doing more corporate related stuff. So that's kind of where, where we started that. 
Interesting. That's really cool. And so how did it evolve for you kind of into what you're doing now? It's always evolving. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really like the variety of stuff. So I ended up buying her out after about five years because I really wanted a more dynamic website. Um, I really enjoy writing. And so she and I would kind of take turns. Um, you know, we had like four little sections on our, on our webpage, you know, like nutritious nibbles was always a recipe and sound off was a rant about something. And, um, quick bites was like a research article. So we had all these things that were related to eating and biting and whatever, because of the name of the site. And, um, it's really kind of evolved into, um, you know, I've, I've had different office spaces in different places. Like I rented space initially from a, a pretty, uh, well-known physician in the, in the area. And that was really just through networking. Like one of my daughters is from Guatemala and I was at this Guatemalan event and there was a woman that I knew from the VA because she trained there. Like the VA, if nothing else, it's like a, it's a training hub spot for doctors. So a lot of the doctors that knew me in the hospital now are in private practice. So they refer their patients mm -hmm. to me. So that was actually, and I never thought it would be in private practice, but that was actually something that was really helpful after I left. Um, so I see some clients, like I see some, you know, medical nutrition therapy clients. Um, I tried insurance for a year. It was a nightmare. I don't know if I just did. I mean, I don't think I'd, not that I didn't do it right, but I feel like I just didn't, I should have had a biller or, or at least, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I felt like my patients didn't have skin in the game. They would call at the last minute cancel or they would no show, or mm -hmm. I would code something wrong and then I wouldn't get paid. So I thought I'm not going to do this. I was getting paid without the insurance piece fine. And I, you know, I felt like obligated to do insurance because I, I do believe in it, but it just didn't work for my business model, if that makes sense. Um, sure. So I forget your question now. <laughs> oh, no. So you're doing some private, so you're doing some counseling and then like today you're at a health fair. So you do some other like community stuff too. Yeah. I really love, um, I, I mean, I love talking to people. So like the one-on-one -on -one stuff I like, but I probably get more of my energy working a group, like working with a group. So, um, so I do like lunch and learns. I like to do cooking demos. Like this year I connected with our civic garden center and they have, um, these little hub gardens in different neighborhoods. And so I actually show up and the gardeners, tell me ahead of time what's going to be in the garden. And then I make up a recipe and then I go cook it. And then I talk about the health benefits of it while I'm cooking it. And that's just really fun. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, I started writing a couple years ago for um, food and health communications with um, Judy Doherty. She's, um, I think she's like a, she's a health educator, but she's this artist and a photographer and, um, she's got this newsletter that she's had for years. And so I do article reviews and then just some like, um, short blogging types of articles for her. So I'm doing a little bit of everything and it's really kind of fun. That's fair. And it works with your personal life too. And with your family. 
Most of the time. I mean, my family will tell you I'm in front of my computer way too much, but part of that is just social media. I get sucked in. I get sucked into like, hey, what's going on on Instagram? Hey, maybe I should post another shirt. You know, maybe uh, maybe let's see what's happening on Facebook. So yeah, I think part of it's just I'm on social media way too much. It's not I good. think the, gar- the, the garden thing sounds really fun. That would be a blast. Well, and it's just cool for me because I don't, I've, I'm not a gardener, so I, I tell them straight up, look, you're going to have to tell me which thing is cabbage and which one is spinach and then which, <laughs> what kind of shard this is. Cause I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I just go to the grocery store like most people and it's kind of embarrassing, but they're like, no, we, we'd love to teach you and you're teaching us stuff. And so it's just a really nice, it's really nice collaboration. That's very, yeah, that's, it's always good to learn from other people too, because there is so many different different like different types of plants we, we think kale is kale but that's not necessarily true right right yeah it's like oh it's curly kale no that's dutch kale no this is this gal right. hey, who knew? <laughs> who knew? so tell me tell me about your merchandise how did you get and if no one has if no one follows you which i will put all the links in in the show notes but you've got some fun merchandise and i would love to know kind of the story behind that well, you know, so being in food, I, I love, I'm, I've always been a word nerd. <laughs> um, and I was at Old Navy one day and there was this t-shirt and it said breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it was a, a donut, a taco, and a piece of pizza. And, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm not like food militant by any means. I mean, I fully admit I am an equal opportunity eater. If I'm at the Oktoberfest here, I will probably have a brat and a beer and, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm just not on that spectrum of, oh my gosh, I have to eat only whatever. And, and, you know, hopefully most dietitians are like, yeah, whatever, whatever we are, we are, yeah. you know, I'm not going to judge. So, but when I saw that, it really, it just, I don't know what it was. It just hit this nerve. It was, I just thought, well, that's not even that. I mean, it's cute, but I don't want people thinking that that's okay to eat all the time. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I, I just started thinking of these silly puns. And the first one that hit hit my brain was um, peas remain seated because I'd seen like, you know, remain calm and that kind of thing. And um, so I don't know, they just started generating in my head. And um, I had met somebody that had a, a line of t-shirts and he was a graphic designer. And so I just wanted to pick his brain. I was like, how does this work? Like, how do you how do you start a line of t-shirts? And, um, he was gracious enough to do a couple designs for me. He was like, Oh, these are really funny. And so I would like, just text him and say, you know, Chris, what do you, what do you think of this is the worst with a frowning sausage, you know? And, (laughs) and he would, he would tell me, you know, Oh, that one, that one has legs or that really doesn't, I don't really get that one. Or if you have to explain it too much, it's not funny. Um, so that's kind of how it started. So, um, I think I printed up like 30 shirts to start and I sent them to just friends that get my sense of humor, you know, just mm-hmm. um, mostly dietitians. And then, I don't know, a couple of my nurse friends and my family members and just just people that I thought would enjoy wearing them and just kind of, you know, just kind of feel them out and see what they thought of them. That's fun. And you have note cards and bags and all kinds of fun stuff. Well, Yes and no. <laughs> so the, yes and no. <laughs> so, well, I, I do, but so the, 
the interesting thing is that what what would happen is, you know, I would print up so many shirts and I and I got lucky. I, I basically was like this door-to-door salesperson. I started going to small markets and asking people if they would carry them. So um, one one store downtown near a really popular outdoor giant Finley, it's called Finley Market. It's one of the oldest markets in the in the US. So there was a food store across the street from them and they were willing to carry them. So I had like a physical place to bring them. But then if somebody wanted one, I would have to run down there and grab it. You know what I mean? So it just became this logistical nightmare of like, how much do I keep on inventory? How many do I keep in a store? And so I started doing print on demand. So there's pros and cons. The the pro is that, you know, you can, you can put your design on anything so I can make mugs and totes and onesies and aprons and, you know, boys shirts and girl shirts and lady shirts and tank tops and sweatshirts and the whole nine yards. But then the downside is I, I feel like my, my site looks really, it's like, it's like, it's too crowded. You know what I mean? So, um, at some point I have to like weed, I have to weed some stuff out. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but on the upside, you know, I, I had too many ideas in my head and I can't, I can't print everything up. So I sure. have like an entire arsenal of every design that I've made, but I don't have them all physically printed up unless I feel like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that people are ordering this one more online. I guess it's time to go ahead and print it up and see if I could sell it. And do you, now do you work with like a local company then? Is that who prints on demand for you or how did you pick? A company to do that for you. So I asked around um, about like just printing companies in Cincinnati. So um, I use like so. What I do now is I have my shirts in about four little just small markets. Most of them are like the the garden gift shop. Like most of them are just small gift shops. And then um, so I have like a batch of them printed. So I'll have like one design printed and like. Because it's summer, I have like multiple, like I have multiple designs right now because I'm going to be doing like farmer's markets. So I'll go to a farmer's market, you know, you pay a booth fee, you hang out for about five hours and, you know, I just stand there and sell them just like any other vendor. Um, So I have those printed locally. And then the ones that are print on demand get printed out of North Carolina. And then those get either, it depends, like some of them. I get shipped to me. Like if I want a gift for somebody, but I don't want to print up an entire thing, I'll print one up. I'll have it shipped to me and then I can tag it and then I can send it out. And then some people just order them. And like, if you ordered one and you were giving it to somebody as a gift, I'd have it shipped to you, but then I would ship you a tag so that you could put the tag on it. And then the person knows where it's from. Oh, very cool. Well, good to know. That's good to know because I was just thinking, I'm like, well, this could be like all my Christmas gifts this year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> Love to hear that. It's so dietitian appropriate. So I'm like, well, that is going to work just fantastically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. I will link that in the show notes cool. so people can go check it oh, out as that. well because yeah. I love I love your designs. Thank you. So I also want you to share with me, you said previous in the conversation about volunteering and saying yes. And this year, yes. you are the president of the Ohio Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So share with me your road in the volunteer spectrum of dietetics. Yeah. Um, so I guess I got, when I was in graduate school, I got involved 
kind of at the academy level as um, I was in nutrition educators of health professionals, and I was their I was their editor for their newsletter at the time. And then I started getting a little bit more involved in our local association. So I was on a committee called Hunger Panel that worked with like reducing food insecurity, which which I'm really passionate about. And then um, I don't know. I just kind of started taking on different roles in the local level and then started getting a little bit more involved in the state level. So um, I was the media chair or the media rep for both the local level and the state level. And then I was the um, CPI, the chair on professional issues about four years ago. And then somebody reached out and said, Hey, would you consider being, you know, would you consider running as president? Because, you know, if you serve on the board, you can only be president within like a five-year window. And so that was kind of my window. And I was like, you know what? It's like, it's, it's now or never. Um, <laughs> um, and I was really flattered to be, you know, to be offered to be the leader. And mm-hmm. um, I really just figured, you know, I have a, I have a lot of connections, whether they're in industry or, you know, through even, even through social media or just going to different conferences, I try to network with people and find out what people do and how we can kind of, how we can help each other. So, um, I thought it would be a great way to just combine all of that and, and kind of elevate the profession because I just feel like there's, you know, sometimes there's trolling that happens and some people are Mm -hmm. negative. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't, I, this is, this is my profession. I don't want to hear people bashing other dietitians. I don't think that's cool. So, um, I just figured it would be a really good way to just try to elevate our profession more. How is it going so far? Going well? Um, it's overwhelming. I mean, you know, just the number <laughs> of emails that come across my desk with, hey, can you, you know, can you um, be a reviewer for this? And um, we need to approve the budget for this. And even like small stuff that you don't think would be a big deal. It gets into like, oh, we need to make sure that we're renewing our WebEx thing. Do we want to continue with WebEx? Or, um, you know, hey, we're... We're deciding on, I don't know, you know, we're deciding on which student to pick for this or that. What do you think of this person? You know, so all that stuff is all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's our, this is very real and it's very in my face. Um, <laughs> but I, but I'm enjoying it. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not agreeing to everything, but I'm not leaving holes. So it's like, if I can't do it, I'm going to reach out to somebody and say, this is a perfect person for you. I don't need to do everything. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, do you, do you find in your state that it's hard to get people to volunteer for those positions as in the affiliate and even in the local kind of groups? Sometimes. I, I mean, I think that a lot of times the same people end up getting recycled, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you were chair and now we're going to be the secretary. And then in two years, you'll be the treasurer. And I, you know, I, I, I want to bring in new people because new people have Mm -hmm. new ideas and new blood and new energy. And so I want to like, I kind of want to share the love, you know? So, um, I always told my students and I'm sure you've told them this too, when you were an adjunct is never burn any bridges because Mm -hmm. the world is really small and, you know, you might be drowning somewhere and that person needs to save you, you know? So in Cincinnati, at least, everybody knows everybody. And especially in the dietetics profession, we probably all run across each other. And I always look at it that way with my private practice. If somebody calls me and says, hey, can you help me with, um, 
you know, I have my, my child needs some, some weight management or I have insulin dependent diabetes. And if I don't work with those t- two conditions, I don't want to leave the person hanging. I'm going to refer them to another dietitian. You know, I'll mm. be like, I'm not the best fit for this, but this person is, you know, so I think that's the best way to do it is, you know, we're, we're, we're a chain of people and you don't want to have a broken link. Right. That's a very good point. And that's, that's why I think like volunteering with different organizations or reaching out and just connecting people and trying to get new blood into those situations is the way to keep our profession kind of advancing. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't know. I think that's so important because I don't know. I don't, I don't like the, I remember being in private practice and hearing somebody else was in private practice and I would have this little, Oh no, they're better than me or they're doing this or that. And I'd be like, who cares? You know, let us, let their freak flag fly, you know, let them do their thing. Exactly. We're we're all different. Yeah. We all have different gifts. So, you know, there's space for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that I hope and I, I like to hear other dietitians not being scared to volunteer. I kind of feel like in our profession, we don't have time or we don't want to do it or we don't know what the heck we're doing. So we just don't even inquire. So I think it's good to know somebody like you that if anybody has a question about volunteering, reach out to Lisa because she will tell you all about it and be real about it. Yeah, that's true. Because I think that they, they don't tell you, I, I was president of Iowa and I, they just don't tell you like the emails and all the things that are involved, but I would never not want to do it because I would, I'd feel bad if I didn't do it and say sure. no, then because yeah. I was scared. Right, right. Well, I think, I, I think that, and maybe this is just because I'm getting older, it, I, I just kind of feel like, why not? And I, and I feel like that with, almost any position that I take on or any kind of work that I do is it's, it's sort of a little challenge. And I even remember when I, I mean, maybe I'm just weird. I remember passing my exam and, and having my job and then all of a sudden going, well, now what do I do? You know, I think I just had always been used to just kind of jumping a hurdle that I, that I am just one of those people. I just kind of need something new to work on. And maybe it's just ADHD. I don't know. You know, (laughs) and that's entirely possible. You know, but um, could be a little of both. <laughs> could be a little of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I think it's great that you you say yes and you kind of say what's next because I think you need to in our profession and you need to do different things to kind of keep you passionate about where you fit. Otherwise, I think that's why people kind of quit dietetics. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to be a dietitian anymore. Yeah. And I think, I think people think that the only thing that they can do is medical nutrition therapy, but I think there's, there's so many other really cool areas you can work in. I mean, you, you work in retail, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think retail nutrition's awesome. I mean, I did a little bit of consulting for, um, Kroger and I, and I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fun to be in the store because that's where people shop and that's where you can teach people how to meal plan and how to read labels and, you know, how not to fall for different fad diets or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. um, there's just so many different areas that, that it just keeps changing, which is great. And if you don't know, if you can't find it, then just create it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Make exactly. it happen. And 
Well, and I knew like, and this sounds stupid, but I thought with my shirts, if I, if I don't do it and somebody else does, I'm going to be mad at myself. So mm -hmm. I thought, you know, what have I, what have I got to lose? Well, money, you know, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's that. Um, and I certainly drive my crazy, my, my husband a little crazy with it now. Cause he's, he's been doing my graphics and he helps me set up my, my tent and, you know, the table and the whole nine yards and has Aww. to give me bathroom breaks. And so, you know, I try not to overload him too much, but, um, but it's kind of become this like little family affair. You know, my kids will tell me which shirts they want for, you know, a gift for their friend or, you know, mommy, can you get me this sweatshirt? I really like this one. It's, you know, it's just, they're, they're, they're used to it. They, they shoot me down when it's a stupid idea too. So <laughs> they're good sounding board. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like your legacy. Like they'll always, people that have it will always remember it. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think all the things that you are doing are, is amazing and how you're juggling it all is amazing too. I think that that's one thing when you do all these different things, like you said, it's hard to juggle everything at one time, but you make it seem seamless. Nah. <laughs> 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 some some days are better than others. I mean, you know, it's I I need I need to kind of st step back sometimes and just breathe, and that's hard for me because I've always been, like I said, I'm just sort of a jackrabbit personality. I don't sit still for long, and I think that's why the <laughs> ICU worked for me for a long time because it was it was dynamic. You know, you you saw stuff change pretty rapidly, but um. I, I don't think I could sit in an office full time. And I think that was one of the reasons I didn't pursue insurance for very long. Cause so I was like, you know what, mm -hmm. if I'm going to do this, like I'm really going to like be this provider and I'm going to do this 24 seven. Okay, let's do it. But the, it, it, I don't want to do that. I didn't really want to be in office that much. So it suits my personality fine to have a couple clients, you know, five clients a week. That's totally fine. You know, then I couldn't have time to do other stuff. Yeah. And if you're creative, like you are, it's good to have that creative time too. I think you need that time to like write and to like find that creative side and not just be on dietitian on all the time. Right. Yeah. And it's funny. That was the one thing I really did miss about leaving, you know, my regular job is I'm a, I'm a card carrying extrovert. So <laughs> being alone all the time is weird, you know, and I think that's why I'm probably online a lot. And so I just kind of have to back up and say, okay, I need some quiet time. I got to shut down the Facebook. It's totally fine, you know, but it is kind of, you know, it, it can be isolating in, yeah. in private practice unless you're in a, I mean, now I'm in like a, like where I rent space is kind of cool because there's a lot of nonprofits and there's a lot of people around and there's a kitchen in the middle and it's just a really, oh. um, it's a really nice community space versus just being in a small office and not really seeing a lot of people. Like for a couple of years, I was in a gym like inside, like I had a little small office inside a gym and all the personal trainers would kind of hang out and talk about their keto diet, whatever. <laughs> and I'd be in a corner, like thinking to myself, oh, I can't take it, you know? And, um, yeah, so it was just dumb luck. I found a better office. Well, that's good. There's a lot of those community yeah. kind of spaces popping up that are like more friendly and social and have like nice office space that you can kind of, you know, even talk to other people that are in similar places as you. Yeah. Well, and right now I rent space with, um, a pediatric dietitian. So, um, 
she has the office a couple days a week and then I have the office the other, you know, the other days of the week. And we just, you know, we're not really in there at the same time because we both just use it for consulting with clients. But every now and then, you know, we'll see each other we're like, hey, what's going on with you? You know? Yeah. Um, me. So I that's think that's neat. a, yeah, it's a good, it's a good balance. Well, you keep balancing it like you are. You're doing it like a rock star, sister. <laughs> you're too, you're too sweet. Oh, well, I, I just know what it's like. I just know what it's like to be president too. And that's a lot. That takes a lot of your free time. So wish you all the luck to manage all those emails. <laughs> oh, it's just starting, but I'll, I'll get through I it. I got a lot of great help. I have a lot of great that's, help. Trust me. That's uh, my good. board's awesome. Yeah. That's I'm excited. Very good. Good. Yeah. So will you be at Fancy this year then? I will. How about you? I will be there too. So we'll have to Yay! find each other. I'm working on yes. um, maybe putting together like a meetup thing with podcast people. So oh, very I, cool. will, I will keep you updated that we can maybe get together. Very nice. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Okay. Well, I have to ask you the hard questions now. Okay. If you've listened to the podcast, it. you know they're coming. Sure. So yes. why don't you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy? I love Indian food. Uh, mm. I love Mexican food. I love Thai food. I love anything spicy and ethnic. Hmm. What's your favorite so, yeah. Indian dish? Oh, um, I love um, dal makhani. And I like chicken makhani. I like that kind of sweet, buttery. So <laughs> it's like a... It's like a chocolate chip cookie in a bowl with curry, you know, it's like yum. Okay. Yeah. So anything spicy is good. Spicy. I like spicy it. I love spicy food. Yeah. 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 That's the bomb. What are some beverages that you enjoy? Uh, I love coffee. I, I live for getting up in the morning and having coffee. Like I will drink coffee <laughs> all day long if you let me. Um, <laughs> What else? I love seltzer water. I know that's crazy, but I like love lime seltzer water. It, it makes me feel like I'm having a cocktail when I'm not. Um, mm -hmm. I love cocktails. I love, <laughs> I, I love, uh, like really good red wine. Um, I love craft beer. Like, don't give me a, don't give me a light beer. I'll give it back. And <laughs> yeah, that's probably, that's, that's probably my top four, I think. Nice. Do yeah. you have a favorite color or colors? Um, I love anything bright. I love turquoise. I love red. Probably red's my favorite color. I love red. Red's that's my favorite too. I knew I nice. knew we were, we were connected. I know we're connected between the cats <laughs> and the red. Come on, yes, and absolutely. Um, what what's do you have a favorite scent or a favorite smell? Oh, uh, citrus. I love lemon. So I love anything that smells like lemon or like um like crabtree and evelyn lemon related stuff or anything orange mm. or anything grapefruit yeah i love citrus smells so clean i love citrus too. yeah yeah it does i don't like vanilla that, that makes me want to eat a cinnabon <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes you hungry <laughs> yeah it makes me hungry so like i love those like big giant bars of soap that you get at tj maxx that are like lemon or something yes. that's like the best treat yes love that Oh my gosh. I love TJ Maxx. That's the best. <laughs> it is. Totally. <laughs> and what brings you joy in life, Lisa? 
what brings me joy in life? Seeing my kids laugh. Like, I know that sounds super sappy, but my, my kids bring me a lot of joy. My cat, my cat is hilarious. Um, I'm such a cat person. And selling my t-shirts. I mean, I don't know. It sounds really silly. I have, I have literally thought of just, maybe that's what I should just, like when I get old and I, I'm too old to counsel people anymore, I think I'm just going to hang up a shingle somewhere and, and sell my shirts. I know that's weird, but it's No, fun. not at all. Now, do you have two daughters? I have two daughters. Um, my older turns 16 tomorrow. Um, she is um, she is a lot like her dad. She's really introverted, but she's got a really dry, sarcastic sense of humor like me. So we all get along. Nice. And then <laughs> my, um, my younger daughter will be 14 in December, and she's from Guatemala. And she's just this little adorable cocoa bean. She's awesome. So, Aww. yeah, they're fun. It's it's That's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And my bunnies. Sounds like a fun house. It sounds like a fun house. And then you got Snickers, which is your kitty. And cat. then I got Snickers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. God love her. They they bought her like some jangly collar the other day. I'm like, it was bright blue with I don't know. It was hilarious. So that, That's that funny. poor cat. She gets tormented. Yeah, she's tormented, <laughs> but we love her. Yeah, it's she's good. she's a she's a good catter day. She is totally great. Saturday. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing just your journey so far. And I hope that we can connect in person in October. Yes. And thank you. I just look forward to continuing to follow all your wonderful things you're doing. Aw, thanks. You've been awesome. And I need to pick your brain because I, it feels so weird to have a one-sided conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you're not so the only person like, that says that. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, I want to talk to Aunt Elizabeth more, but I don't want to. I don't want to take up a whole night, so we'll have to have a, a coffee or a glass of wine or tea or whatever, whatever your Absolutely. whatever your beverage choice is. All three? Can we have like all three, all four, three. whatever it is? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I love talking with Lisa. I think it's interesting that she's been a dietitian for thirty years, which is more than half of her life, and she's experienced so many different things as a dietitian but she still keeps continuing on and trying new things and navigating her own business. She also does a great job by volunteering for her state affiliate, which I think that's something that we all should do once in our lifetime. I know I've said that before, but she does keep bringing it up as something to be a part of your career. And I think that's very important for all of us to try out. I'm going to head over and go order my cherry shirt of hers. It's so cute as we speak. So make sure to check out her shop at soundbitesnutrition.com. You can find the link in the show notes as well. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcast show notes and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available to purchase on my website, and there are now 15 CEUs approved for self-study through the CDR, which is very exciting, and you can purchase this on the website as well. I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.